warning. Josh is not an expert in any of the crap he talks about. He simply uses his head and does a lot of research so you, the audience, don't have to. Keep in mind, he doesn't know everything, so take the shit he says with a grain of salt. What is going on, everybody? This is Josh Said What, the podcast that will change the world. This is the first ever live episode of Josh Said What, so I'm excited about this one. And then before we get started, I'm going to go ahead and give a shout out to my sponsor, Against All Enemies. Shout out to you, Patrick. This episode is sponsored by Against All Enemies, a gun shop based in Lake Havasu City, Arizona, that is owned and operated by veteran and mixed martial artist Patrick Boffman. Now, being a strong supporter of our Constitution and Second Amendment right, Against All Enemies has got it all for you. They have rifles, they have shotguns, revolvers, semi-auto pistols, and all the accessories, parts, and tools needed to enhance your arsenal and defend yourself against all enemies, both domestic and foreign. You can shop in person or online at aaeamerica.com. Again, that's aaeamerica.com. Then shout out to him once again, Patrick Boffman. He'll be fighting October 22nd for Rough Nation. He'll compete at light heavyweight at Rough 50 against Chris Tabo at the Celebrity Theater in Phoenix, Arizona. You can buy tickets and pay-per-view at roughnation.com slash Patrick Boffman for as low as $45 plus taxes and fees. Again, that's at roughnation.com slash Patrick Boffman. Links will be in the description. And then, ladies and gentlemen, to go ahead and tie it in and go and get this show started, I'm going to go and bring on my very, very special guest. He's in the space right now. He's floating in the stars. We're going at it. It's my boy, Pep Escudia. How you doing, my man? What is up, everyone? What's popping? Thanks for having me on, brother. Yeah, thanks for coming on, man. I know we tried a couple of times before, or at least like once before, but dude, I'm excited for this one. I've been especially looking forward to this one. I'm excited as well. Let's go. What do we got? What do we got? Huh? So just to start off with it, how do we meet? How do we meet? How Tell do we story. meet? Well, we met at uh, the Celebrity Theater. Uh, we were at a, the Rough Nation um, event. It's a fight event at the, uh, obviously at the Celebrity Theater, and I uh, ran into you at the door. Um, I think we bu- we uh, kind of ran into each other um, at one, or, I don't know, where was it? Down at, at the... The hallways where all the fighters are at, right? Yeah, it was kind of like the back area, just kind of short from, I think it was like the food and bar area. And I was, CJ had put me as like the security guard for that door. And I saw you coming through and we we're like, hey, what's up, man? There you go. That's when uh, it's all history from there. You were very yeah. cool. You know, you, uh, you, uh, you gave me respect. I gave you respect back and we shook hands. And uh, and yeah, man, we smiled. And uh, yeah, now we're, uh, we're, you know, I'm on your podcast. Yeah. Hell yeah, man. I appreciate the follow too. Like that's what especially started the relationship. You followed, I followed, and then we just started connecting. And dude, you do all kinds of shit. You literally do all kinds of shit. And just to play it off with your, oh, there we go. Whoops. He cut out for a second. Let me bring it back in. I'm in space. Got that guy. I'm in space. No, we got a bad connection. It's okay. We'll, we'll pull through. We got you in the stars, but Hey, we're taking it to the stars. We're taking this universal. (laughs) That's right. Yes, sir. But and then, so the first question I wanted to ask is, I just want to go straight off your Instagram bio. It says you're a pro athlete, you're a visionary, you're a designer, an inventor. But when I look at your post, I, I could tell. I could tell you're so much more. So with that being said, who is Pep Escudia? And hopefully I'm pronouncing your last name correctly. I'm horrible with names. It's okay. It's uh, Escudia. Escudia, you Escudia. said it right. Yeah, Escudia. Okay, cool. Um. Uh, and uh, yeah, pretty much. I mean, I'm I'm a designer at heart. I love to design. Uh, ever since I was like 
eight years old, I've been designing, you know, anything from sketching to, to painting, to, to spray painting, to anything you could think of. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. when it comes to the arts, um, I'm passionate about it. Um, I'm an inventor. I love to invent new things that, uh, you know, basically haven't been invented. I mean, it's a, it's, it's a tough industry because, you know, you got to get approved for an invention and, mm-hmm. And you can imagine how many people are on this earth trying to invent something, you know? Um, yeah. But when you get approved for an invention and you become a United States inventor, right? You get a patent, United States patent. Um, I don't know. I think it's a, a, a cool success, right? Um, mm-hmm. I like to do that. I like to invent. Um, I'm an entrepreneur. Um, I build businesses. Um, and I play paintball. And... Uh, yeah, a little bit in a little bit into everything, you know. Um, I can I could probably keep going, but uh, I'm into a lot of things for sure. Yeah, you're almost like a jack of all trades. You just dabble in everything. That's so much respect. And since you said you're a paintball player, you said you're uh, you mentioned before that you're a pro paintball player, and not a lot of people I think really know the full extent of the sport. So why don't you go and give us some background on that? Kind of like your history, how you got into it, and all that. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, when it comes to paintball, the paintball industry, um, you're correct. A lot of people don't realize how big and how organized and and how long the history actually is when it comes to paintball. Um, it's been around since the early 90s, um, you know, into like the early 80s. And oh, wow. Yeah. And um, it's been going on for since. And it's been growing rapidly. Um, obviously, we've had downs and ups from the economies, you know, in 2007, 2008. And then now today we're having another dip. But it's made it through. I think paintball will stay around forever, you know. And um, it is it is, it is, is big because I run into people and I have to, you know, I sign autographs. Pretty embarrassing, but I sign <laughs> So it's like. It has to be big in order for people to be asking for my autograph at airports, right. at, at Suns games, at Apple stores, at malls, at the paintball field. You know what I mean? So it has. And, and that's not just here in Arizona. This is worldwide. This is a worldwide thing. Wow. Um, paintball is a worldwide sport. Um, they have organized leagues around the world. Um, you can think of any country and they have paintball. Um, so you can imagine, man, I'm I'm one of the top. Uh, I'm the top two. I was in the top 200 best paintball players in the world. I was in the top 10, uh, top three, um, top 13. Um, so I've gone pretty far in that industry. Um, so yeah, it's um, a little bit more about the actual sport of the game is you have a paintball gun. Uh, you have about 180 rounds in your hopper, which sits on top of your paintball gun. And then you okay. have and then you have another 180 rounds, you know, in your in your on your pack behind you. So you're running out there with, you know, a few thousand rounds and then you just go at it with your opponents <laughs> on a small <laughs> on a small basketball size field. Kind of. Wow. You can could, you could think of like a basketball size field, just a little bit bigger than that. Right. Just a little bit bigger yeah. than that. And then just obstacles. Right. Mirrored obstacles. And then you just go to town on each other, you know real quick games real fast games how how long do the games usually go for well i mean you can imagine the the record was recently broken i believe uh last year by 
uh, Houston Heat out of Texas. And we wow. held, yeah, we held the record. Oakland Assassins, we held the record since 2003. And you're not going to even believe me. It was like an eight second game. Damn. So as soon as. Holy crap. Right. So people spread out. Three, two, one, go. Start firing. People spread out. We hit everybody perfectly on off the break. We call it the break. When in paintball, when you when you leave the station, when the horn goes off and you leave the station, the slang word is the break. Off the break. Right. So Josh, where are you gonna go off the break? That means you're gonna figure out where you're gonna go, right? Okay. So so off the break, we were able to eliminate most of the players and then run through and eliminate the last player and then hang the flag, which was like an eight second game. Wow. Wow. So this, would you say that like the, the setting, the way you go through it and kind of, cause I see a lot of your Instagram content where you're training for specific maneuvers when you're going paintballing and as well as with your team and you're just, it almost looks like it's like a war simulation in a sense, almost like that. Would you say that? It is, it is, it is, it is a war simulation when it comes to the the tactics, right? Um, right. The objective of the game when you get into a firefight, you get into a gunfight. That could be, you know, translated as like a, a war setting, right? Because you're mm-hmm. obviously fighting with each other. Um, but it goes further than that because I do train, like you said, I train five times a week, um, and then I then then after that, the weekend I scrimmage with my team. So that'll be on a Saturday and Sunday sometimes. Uh, sometimes on a su- Saturday, sometimes on a Sunday. Um, sometimes both days. Um, but the game uh, is is pretty intense, man. It's pretty intense. Um, have you ever played it, Josh? I've wanted to. I've been dying to give it a shot because I look at it and I've never had a chance to actually try it. But it's the environment and just it's it's like a I use this example for MMA it seems like it's almost like really aggressive chess because you have to be very calculated you have to be very strategic and you got to be so many moves ahead of the team and I've always wanted to try it correct I'm gonna get you out there I'm gonna I'm gonna take care of you and hey. you gotta show up all right and I'll get you to play but when it comes to going back to the sport and the athletic uh side of paintball and why I train so much is because you do need these muscles. You do need to kind of like uh, the best way to explain one of the things that you have to be real good at is holding your gun up. You got to hold your gun up kind of like a fighter when you're fighting and you're throwing blows, right? Your, your mm-hmm. hands get tired, your hands get tired and right. Yeah. yeah, yeah there you go. <laughs> and so sometimes your hands get tired and if you drop your guard, you're going to get knocked out. Yeah. Same thing with paintball. If you're out there running around with your gun down, you're going to get shot, right? Your gun Mm -hmm. should always be up. You see what I'm saying? So that's one of the things. Cardio, obviously, cardio. You Mm want to be fast. You want to be quick. Um, And uh, core. Core is very important because you have to be able to run and hit target, hit your adversary, hit your target while you're in full sprint and full speed. And, And, I mean, I can hit... I can hit faces sliding to the corner. I can hit faces. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can, I can hit faces while I'm running, sprinting full speed, you know? So that's what I train for. I train to be more efficient when it comes to eliminating my opponent. 
Okay. And so you have to use, you have to utilize a lot more of your core when you're in those like mid transitions, when you're going through a slide or you're ducking to the corner, that's to kind of help control the stability and your aim. Exactly. So think about it like this, kind of like, um, imagine carrying around a camera, right. And you have a mm -hmm. camera in your hand and you're running around and it's shaking. Right. But oh. if you train to, 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 to steady it, steady the camera with your with your body which my gun has to be super steady so i can hit my target so i'm almost like a gyroscope you know <laughs> kind of like it, 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 you get real good at it but the more you that you work out on your body obviously your muscles you know help that stability helps that uh that balance that you need to actually run around and hit your target while you're in motion you get what i'm saying yeah yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That's why it, like, it, with MMA as well, kind of tying into that, it's what I've been working on since I started training this past month is cardio, 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 because it's like with paintball as well, you need the condition, you need the cardio, and you need to utilize those specific muscles to be able to have the advantage and to always be those moves ahead. Yeah, exactly. I mean, look, if you're not training, right, you're out there with your hands up, you, you get tired, you get fatigued. There, you're gonna get your ass kicked, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, same, same, exactly. thing on, same thing on the turf at the paintball field, right? If you're out there and you can't perform and you can't run to the corner, you can't run to the snake, you can't run to the fifty, gunning, running and gunning with your gun up, mm -hmm. and you get tired, you get fatigued, you're gonna get blown away. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I'm, dude, I'm sure that's a killer on the shoulders too, because you're oh, yeah. utilizing the front, especially of your shoulders, to be able to keep it up. And that's where, like, fighters too, and then uh, paintballers, it's you. If that gets tired, if you don't train that specific muscle, then your guard's gonna go down. Gun's gonna go down. You're gonna get caught off guard. Exactly. Um, there is a UFC fighter that fights on the fight cards. Um, uh. Let me see what his uh, IG is. Actually, he's a, he's a good friend of mine. He plays paintball, so oh really? Uh, yeah, a lot of the paintball players cross over into MMA. A lot of them do. Oh shit! Yeah, a lot of the paintball players cross over into Navy SEALs too. You'll be surprised. He was a Navy SEAL that's played paintball. That honestly makes sense. Like, especially when you're trying to like a war simulation, when you're trying to get into that type of setting in practice of actually going in real time with something like that. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, exactly. I mean, paintball creates camaraderie. It it creates brotherhood. It uh, uh you have to. It's like a team. It's kind of. There's only mm -hmm. a few uh, uh industries like uh sports that create that. Right. When you join a team and you become brothers. Like you yeah. back each other up to death. You know what I mean? Military, <laughs> uh, paintball is one of those. I mean, I, I got stories where where we've been at like Mardi Gras uh, parades and we're about to get into a fight. And all of a sudden there's like a hundred paintball players versus like three dudes, right? Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's gnarly like that. <laughs> those three dudes are going to get dropped and then some they're going to be seeing jesus in five minutes <laughs> free tickets to the other side for sure <laughs> exactly exactly there's stairways down there <laughs> stairways down there so yeah man when it comes to the paintball um i train a lot um i stay on top of the game um and i stay ahead of the competition i believe that the only reason i'm ahead of the competition is because i'm an artist and mm. this to me this is life 
Um, I'm obsessed with this, you know. Um, I hold records. Um, you know, I'm a multi-champion uh, uh, player. Um, and I like to stay on top of that as much as I can, you know. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's And something I say constantly is that the difference between talent and obsession is that hunger, is that discipline and that will to just keep on grinding, grinding, grinding. Everybody else is going to be left in the dust while it's Saturday night, while everybody else is out partying, drinking, at home, smoking, playing video games. You're the one on that grind. That's the defying feature of that success. Yeah, exactly. I saw something the other day I, or it was, it was I can't remember what coach or the name of the coach, but he was talking about how there's five things, right? There's five, uh, there's five ways to approach your craft. And you can be bad at it, or you can there, you can be average, or you can be good, or you can be excellent or elite, right? Yeah, yeah, and, that makes sense. And if you want to be, I mean, if you're bad, I mean, you're bad, right? Uh, average, mm-hmm. you're average. Um, if you're good, you know, you're 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 good. But if you're excellent and you want to be an elite, you're gonna have to man, you're going to have to be on another level. You're going to have to be abnormal when it comes to your thought process, when it comes to the way you show up. Uh, you know, the intensity has to be special. The, 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 the dedication has to be special. Mm-hmm. It has to be another level. Like, if you want to go excellent and elite, and that's where I'm at. So I stay on top of that shit, right? Yeah, exactly. That's like if you're going to be the leader, then you got to have those traits. You got to have those qualities. And even if you start out as bad, if you put in that discipline, you put in that work, that five days a week grind, doesn't matter if it's 2 a.m. or 2 p.m., you're in the gym or you're doing anything to train workout hour, two hours, whatever you can, even going longer. That's the steps that it takes to be able to reach this level of success, to break records, to win championships and all that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and so you mentioned too, you've you hold some paintball records, you've won multiple championships. What give us more detail on that? So when it comes to holding records, I mean, it, it, not in the paintball industry, um, there isn't like a record records. You get what I'm saying? They don't, they don't, uh, um, uh, they don't. I guess they don't promote them or whatever, right? But as okay. but as professional athletes, we know what we've done, right? And and I'm right. and. They all know what's up. They, they, there's, there's obviously there's people that watch that game. There's fans of mine that that follow me. They travel around the United States and they go to these events and they watch me play. You know, and during that time frame, um, it was uh, ten men. So you could imagine ten versus ten. There's twenty people on the field, and ten people on one side, ten people on the other. All professionals, all the best in the world. Um, I went in there and I shot nine players out of 10 players. Oh shit. Right? So that so in paintball the slang for that is a nine piece, right? You took out nine guys. Yeah, so that's a nine piece. Wow. Um, today in the major leagues, which is the NXL, the major leagues, the slang is a five piece, right? So if you can take out the other five guys by yourself, obviously you got your teammates, but what I mean by yourself is making that move, running through and eliminating five guys off a sweep. Right. Okay. Yeah. So in 10 men, I hold the record in shooting nine players. I took the record from Bob Long. Bob Long had the record at eight kills. And basically I killed one more person than he did. And I basically took the, 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 the record. And, um, 
Yeah, and so and so the other record that I hold is in the major leagues, which is the NXL. Uh, in the NXL, I pulled off two five pieces back to back. Oh meaning shit! I, yeah, meaning I went out there at a point, and I smoked all five players. Obviously, with the plan that we had with my assist Zach Long and Arnold Francisco, which were my assist, they were playing behind me, and I got to a specific location. We had it planned. I eliminated the people I needed to eliminate. And then I ran through and finished the game, put a, put a, a point on the board, then went into the pits, cleaned up, came back out, did it again. <laughs> That's awesome. Right. And, and, and so as a matter of fact, that day when I did that, I signed a major deal with a production company that invested in me and I produced some of the best products in the world. I actually invented, oh. like, yeah, I actually invented like three, like, three to four features on a product that eventually I went gold with, you know, meaning like, like a musician goes gold with their records. Mm -hmm. They put out a record. There's uh, whatever, 11 songs. One of those songs is a hit. It, they, they might go gold with it or maybe they might go platinum with it. Right. Right. So, so in my case, I basically developed a collection of products and I went gold with three products out of that collection. Hey, that's you what's know, up. That's what's up. Yeah. So, you know, during that time frame, um, you know, I, I made a name for myself in that industry when it came to producing as well, not just not just playing the game on the turf, you know, and taking heads. But but I also developed and invented some of the best products in the in the world, you know, that still sell today. Nice. What kind of products are they, if you don't mind me asking? Well, well, what they are is in paintball, um, we are equipped with many, um, many things like gloves, um, mm -hmm. elbow pads, knee pads, packs, you know, obviously the pants, the jersey, all that stuff is special materials, specially designed for the game. Um, so basically, I developed a gear bag. I developed a backpack, a, a gun case, oh, a sure. uh, a uh, uh, barrel sleeve, which go on the tip of the barrels of the gun for uh, for safety. Um, okay. A, a paintball pack, which is an ammo pack. That's where you carry all your ammo. Um, what else? What else? Gloves. What else? Uh, pants. Um, so yeah, I mean that's like eight, eight, seven, eight products right there. You know that I developed yeah. that went worldwide. Man, they still sell today. You know. Um, Damn. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty great. You just dabbled in all of it. You basically literally just went into every feature of the sport and like, how can I monopolize it in my own way? How could I really make an impact in there? Yeah, there was something there was something that you said earlier. You said, uh, what is it? The uh, jack of all trades, right? Yeah, I, I, I master what I jump into. So you can imagine that I'm a master of multiple things, right? Right. Uh, when I went into paintball at an early age at 18. I looked at it and was like, okay, I'm broke. Um, I need to make this a career. You know, as soon as I saw that it was organized, I was like, I'm making this my career. So I jumped into it as a professional athlete. And um, since I had a passion for art, I basically went with that business mentality as well. So I was not only an athlete, but I went into it with a business mentality where I was going to make this my career for the rest of my life.
Right, right. And that's, see, now that especially too, I feel like is something that like a lot of the younger generations now, they're trying to still figure out, like even myself, like to be able to jump into something and have not not necessarily just the dedication, but the smarts, the, the intellect, the ability to st- uh, make it the strategy right to where you could pull all of your eggs out of one basket, diverse, diversify yourself, and then just establish your own game across multiple disciplines. Yeah, I mean, um, well, you know, when you say it's funny, when you're telling me this, I, I imagine myself and I'm literally, I, I imagine myself in a boat with many fishing lines, right? Just kind of mm-hmm. fishing lines everywhere. Do, 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 and I'm just catching fish. Just left and right, left and right, left and right. Yeah. Every time something bites, you pull it in. Boop. Something bites, pull it in. You know, that's kind of how I see it. Hey, hey, that's a great analogy. And it's, I, I actually, I do the same thing with education. Like I'm a dude that's super big on self-education. I mm. have almost two dozen textbooks. I have, I think like over 200 books currently. And right now I am studying psychology just for shits and giggles. I'm studying um, history. And I'm also studying this other book called Neither Gods Nor Emperors, which is uh, uh, from this professor named Craig Kaloon, who's in Tianmen, uh, or, yeah, in Tianmen, China, during the Tianmen Square protest and the massacre. And I'm just, I'm diversifying, not just like myself on a physical level, but on a mental level. Like, how can I be best adaptable in each of these fields? And how could I also have all these different assets of and tools of knowledge to really use to my advantage in, in any field I can. You got it down. You, you just explained everything. You got it down. Um, you're just going to hone it in. You're going to sharpen it. And you're going to literally make it happen. You just said it. <laughs> you're good. <laughs> I believe you're in practice. That's right. Move forward. Keep pushing. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. And that's the that's the thing too. starting out and being small, and then still trying to figure out everything to trial and error. Cause like, I'm always 100% transparent when it comes that I am horrible with tech, with tech stuff, programming, all the extra stuff, editing, that's where it just slips over my head. And it's just nonstop trial and error. But it's the obsession, it's the obsession that makes the difference that I'm willing to still continue that grind and just get the job done. And then every tool that I add to my arsenal, the more that I refine and sharpen it, the more capable I'm going to be able to utilize it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, I mean, look, when we launch ourselves into a project, it's like if 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 you're even thinking about doing it, it means you're going to do it. Right. Doing it, you might as well do it, right? And and I've jumped into I've jumped into the waters, um, meaning that I wasn't prepared. I didn't go to school for business. I didn't go to school for invention. I didn't go to school for contracts. I didn't go to school for any of that, right? Mm-hmm. So I basically just jumped into the pool, right? Just jumped into the waters. Um, it was an expensive process because there was a lot of pitfalls that I fell into where I lost investments or I lost my my vision, you know, or mm-hmm. or my trajectory or my my goal because I wasn't educated when it came to certain things, you know, especially contract. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's the that's the aspect that still I'm trying to work on just jumping into all this because I don't have any I have like maybe like a year of college education. That's literally it. Right. Right. But if you jump into it, what I'm saying, where I'm going with this is that when you jump into these things, it's like it's what makes you the experience is what makes you. If you fall into a, a hole, then you dig yourself out of it and you don't make that mistake again. 
and it makes you that much of a better you know businessman or a be- better fighter or a better player you know what i mean yeah exactly exactly and motivation too that's a big part of it that's something that i like especially focus on myself because i i always kind of crack up when i tell people because they find it funny as well but i've always for 11 years now two goals in life one is to learn everything yes that's physically impossible but that's the point i'm always going to be motivated till the day that i die to keep on pushing myself to be the best version a better version and to keep seeing what i'm capable of and then Mm. the second one is to make my make my mark in history and that i guarantee will happen and it's the obsession and it's the work and it's that motivation that takes it that way. I believe in you. I'm I'm a fan. I'm a Josh fan. Yeah, thanks, man. I appreciate it. I'm a fan too. Dude, it's looking at all your stuff on Instagram, I'm like, damn, this dude's legit. He's got he literally does it all. You literally do it all. <laughs> yeah, we also, you know what? I wanted to uh, uh we also have a uh um, a TV station. It's called ZTV. Um oh, shit? yeah, we're gonna have to collaborate one day. Um and that's a project that we started a few years ago with a friend of mine, right? Um, mm-hmm. He's real big in production. His father's real big in production and in media in uh, in Togo, Africa. So basically, oh damn. Yeah, so basically, he came out to the United States, went to school, and and uh, and I met him, and uh, and then we just jumped into this crazy venture. And today, you go to ztvlivestream.com, and you, you know you'll find uh, our TV station. Um, you can also find it on Roku and Fire Stick. <laughs> You know? Hey, but there's gonna be a spot for Josh there, you know, in the future. I'm, I, you know, I'll make him his own show. <laughs> hey, hell yeah, man! Hell yeah, you're gonna have to send me the link to that too, so I can look it up later. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. Hell yeah, hell yeah. So yeah, it's you see, this is this is why I love jumping into all this stuff with starting podcasting and doing all the stuff with MMA. It's the people that you meet along the way and the connections you build and just the story like the story that adds to it and all the different avenues. Yeah. What's, do you know any of the uh, UFC professional fighters? I know uh, AZ Combat Sports uh, out in Tempe. Uh, Trevor wow. Smith, he's one of the owners and trainers. He's a former UFC fighter. And then they also have a guy that oops, that uh, trains out of there, uh, Kevin Notbedad. So I've got to meet, talk to him, super chill. But outside of that, not really too many other guys. Uh, one guy, uh, Mark Coates, who competed back at like, had it been like rough 47, he got a, a, a submission win against this dude named uh, Rafael Montini. And then he ended up fighting on Bellator uh, like a couple months later. Okay. 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 So uh, I know a few of them. I know a few. Of them. I know uh, the Diaz brother. I know Nick, uh, uh, Nick Diaz. Nice. Um, you know, Harry Cejudo, I run into him. You know, he gives me respect. I give him respect, mad respect. He's a badass. Sam Harry Cejudo, mm-hmm. he's, he's a dope <laughs> Yeah, dude. Um, and, uh, yeah, man, no, I, I got to experience a, uh, a good time with, uh, with Nick Diaz, man. Um, funny story, funny story. Um, he was doing a signing in, uh, and we, we have met, we have met in the past in Hollywood somewhere. Um, we were promoting some brand and he, and he ro- rolled up and took a picture of one of our mascots. So we met him hey. Yeah, we met him then, but later on in life, I ran into him at a, at a signing. Um, I heard he was coming into Arizona and I had just moved here. Oh, and yeah. Uh, yeah, I heard that he was doing a signing up in like the West Valley somewhere. So me and my friend rolled over there. Right. And um, mm-hmm. and we went into the VIP area and uh, we met we met uh, Nick. And it was funny because, you know, we were we were laughing about how Nick was going to beat me up because I, I was there. He was we were there for his autograph signing, but I was giving autographs at his fucking autograph signing. <laughs> 
So my boy's like, so my boy's like, man, Nick's gonna beat you up right now, bro. You're taking his fans and shit, right? Like, we're all joking about that, but um, no, he's a, he's a good dude, man. The 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 uh, Nick Diaz, man, um, that's a good dude, man. That's a good dude. I got to chill with him and and uh, you know, um, and just live life, right? Like, uh, yeah. Sometimes you meet people when you experience something with them that all of a sudden turns you into brothers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like exactly. That's kind of like what happened with Nick, man. <laughs> you know? Um, but yeah, man, um, I got the opportunity being a pro athlete that kind of opened opens doors to uh, meeting other athletes, other professional athletes, you know? So I've been mm-hmm. around and, and I've met a lot of uh, professional athletes, you know, the best athletes in the world, you know? Um, I feel like I, uh, I'm part of that group and um, I represent that that uh, athlete, that pro athlete. That's what we push with our brand, top rank athletes. It's uh, you're a top rank athlete. You know, you train mm-hmm. um, and uh, that message, you know, uh, the top rank athlete. It's uh, a big circle. <laughs> yeah. You're working your way into that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's the that's the the crazy thing, too, once you get more into that top rank area, because it just the different fields that's all across sports. You have pro paintball, you have MMA, you have boxing, you even NFL, NBA, all of that stuff. It's when you reach a certain level, you just become universal. Like right now, you're in space, you're in the stars. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly, man. You know, you do become universal, man. And, you know, and like uh, I had told you uh, in the past, I was telling you about my buddy that uh, runs Guns N' Roses. And, you know, one of the times that he changed my life with just words, just what he told me one day, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, changed my life. And uh, I carried myself a different way. And now I could just walk into anything. <laughs> I could just walk into any event. Right. Um, but yeah, man, wild. Right. Um, I'm trying to think of another uh, funny story with um, another uh, uh, another celebrity or uh, be real. You know, be real Cypress Hill. Yeah, I've, I remember hearing about that. Yeah. Be real from Cypress Hill used to play paintball. And um, oh shit, he was actually on Joe Rogan talking about paintball um, on one of his podcasts. And hey. uh, so, yeah. So when uh, be real came into the sport. Obviously, I was already at the top of my, you know, I was at the top of the game. I'm like, Pepe Scuti is like one of the best paintball players on the planet. So you could imagine that Be Real from Cypress Hill comes into the industry and he already knows who all the pros are, you know. So mm-hmm. he becomes one of my, he's my fan. He's he's like, he was my fan, right? Oh, shit. Oh, no, listen to this. He invites me over to his trailer because he parked his trailer at one of the events. I think it was World Cup in uh, San Diego. And he parks his trailer, you know, his, his, uh, uh, you know, where they kick it at. It's like a big mm-hmm. trailer. Pretty dope. Um, so he invites me and I go in there with him and chill. And he tells me about how he's my fan. And I'm sitting there like, I'm your fan. What do you mean? I grew up with your music, bro. Like, right. And we're just telling each other that we're fans. And um, I eventually sponsored him. But I thought it was funny the way, uh, the way I met that uh, celebrity, you know. Um, Who's a fan of mine? Who <laughs> was crazy? Yeah. I couldn't believe. Yeah. I was like, "No way! It's, this is wild." You know, that, that is crazy, man. That's freaking hilarious. Just for the fact that, like, I'm your fan. No, I'm your fan. Yeah, it's just back <laughs> and forth. yeah. We went back and forth like three times or some shit, right? Like, oh no, no, I'm your fan. No, no, no I'm your fan. You know, so it was just kind of like a funny joke. 
but um <laughs> but he 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 put a team together and he was very you know he was successful i mean you know everybody he still has fans the stoned assassins that was the name of their their uh their team yeah hey, that's a pretty sick name <laughs> that's freaking awesome that that's the thing too that i love the fact that i'm in the sport of mma now is the people i meet like a funny story with uh benson henderson the first official fight event that i went to was actually rough 46 at that time i was managing just two fighters and we're just going through the motions i'm hopping back and forth between the cage area and the backstage and then all of a sudden uh, i see benson henderson passed by and me being an absolute dunce i'm like holy shit it's benson henderson and he looks at me all kind of awkward and i'm like i fucked that up and i just walked away <laughs> my head shame just looking down and then one of the other fighters on the card was like bro you really are a newbie <laughs> <laughs> you got star truck you got star truck exactly exactly I'm trying to think it was of fun <laughs> go ahead <laughs> It was super funny, too, because one of the fighters that I was managing, J.J. Nelson, he fought uh, a dude named uh, Jose Delgado, and Benson Henderson was in the corner of Jose Delgado. <laughs> so we were literally inside the cage, and I'm like, hey, good, congrats, man. We fist bump. But it was just so fucking hilarious. He just he just had a, a cool fight, right? He did like some – he fell on the – he was on the floor, and he did like this kick and kicked yeah. you in the head. That was yeah. rad. Dude, that was fucking awesome. He just clean caught him shin to freaking side the head. I'm surprised that dude took that and he didn't get dropped. That surprised the heck out of me. He took it. He took it for sure. <laughs> he didn't. He doesn't have hair to cushion the blow. He's bald too, yeah. so it's like you know it's straight. <laughs> and I remember uh, Henderson also doing that sick kick off the gate. Remember he was kind of like running and and he jumped off the gate and he and he drop kicked somebody in the head. You don't yeah. remember. Remember that? Yeah. What? Wait. Was that against Anthony Pettis? I think so. Yes. Yeah, I, think... I remember that. Yeah, yep. dude, that was the that fucking kick that especially changed the game because nobody else had ever seen that, and they're like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> yeah, jumping off the gate and then and then you know kicking homie in the head. That was bad. Yeah, that was like when Anthony Pettis fought uh, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson and and uh, Anthony, he just jumps off the cage with a Superman punch and first person to ever knock out Wonderboy and Wonderboy was out. He yeah. was out. His epitaph was already written. The gravestone was already propped up. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that's awesome. And then I wanted to go ahead and bring this up, too, because you did it. You're doing like a little giveaway. You collected a bunch of uh, questions from fans and everything. And you got a winner. Is that right? Well, yeah, we uh, basically I uh, I went on my story. Um, if you follow me on Instagram, Pep Escutia, Pep underscore Escutia on Instagram, uh, you go to my stories. And I was asking my fans if uh, they had any questions. And they there, a lot of them came in. A lot of questions came in. Um, so I decided that I would. I would do a raffle and raffle off uh, one of my gunman gloves. Um, yeah, now, you know, give something away uh, for participate. What do you hey. think? <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I love that. You know, so that's basically what we're on right now. Um, let's see here. What do you think? How should we do this? Uh, I think if you want to give some notable mentions to some of the questions that were like pretty funny and then we go announce the winner and then we'll just dive into the into the answer for it. OK. Do you have some of the questions? You want to read some of those? Do you uh, have any? Do you have any in front of you? Let me see if I could pull it back up on my Instagram. It's OK here. I got some right here. So so um, we have questions like uh, 
most underrated paintball? Who is the most underrated paintball team? That's one of the questions. Okay. Uh, why are all the pros so scared of you? That's another. I saw question. that one. <laughs> uh, let's see. There's funny ones. Uh, let me see. What else do we have? We have a few other ones. Um, oh, there's one. How do you keep from being put in the friend zone? <laughs> that one had me cracking yeah. up. How do you keep from getting put in the friend zone? That's another question. Uh, when are you coming out to Cali? That's another question. Um, greatest moment that defined Pep as a pro baller that will always live with him. Ooh, that's uh, a juicy one. Yeah, that's a good question. That's a great question, as a matter of fact. Uh, most underrated paintball team. Uh, why are all the pros so scared of you? I think we said that earlier. Let's see. Mm -hmm. There was uh, the other one that you had mentioned before that had me cracking up. Are aliens flying UFOs or have cats evolved into space travelers? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that one was hilarious. That one had me rolling when I read that one. Oh, Dude, yeah. same. I was just cracking up at work. I had to like hide in the corner real quick because I was just dying laughing. Yep. So, so yeah, I mean, um, uh, let's see who should we, well, actually, should we read the question of the winner? Yeah. Yeah. I'm down. Which is gung ho mofo. <laughs> gung, gung ho mofo is the winner of this, uh, of the raffle. He, he wins a pair of gunman gloves. Um, so hit us up, hit us up on Instagram, message us, and uh, we'll straighten all that out. Congratulations. Yeah, congrats, um, man. One of the questions that you like, greatest moment that defined him as a pro baller that will always live with him. You chose that as the winner or you got that as the winner? No, that was the, that was a, I did a little bowl and put numbers in them mm -hmm. and I pulled out the gung-ho gung mofo was the winner. That was the question that he. Oh, that was, the, that was the legit question? Yeah, that was a legit question, and that was the legit winner. That's awesome. That's yeah, awesome. Greatest moment that defined him as a pro baller that will always live with him. That's that, awesome. What's your answer to that one? Man, I mean, the greatest moment that defines me as a professional baller. It has to be the a, a record. It has to be setting a record. You know? Yeah. Um, I, think, um, I think doing it in a new league, the NXL, when it first came out, um, it was owned by Dick Clark Productions. So it was actually owned by Hollywood, one of the Hollywood guys. Dick, okay. Dick Clark Productions owned X-Ball, the, the, uh, the NXL at the time. And basically I pulled off a move where I shot five guys back to back, 10 dudes back to back, man. You know, and um, scored two points, put two points on the board and signed a deal and changed my life. You know? <laughs> Yeah, hell yeah, man. A moment that will always live, you know, will live with me for sure. Breaking a record and signing a deal that changed my life. That's awesome. That's awesome. And two, for like just to look back on and like future when you're older and you have the fact that your name is attached to these records and records that no one else can beat that shows the difference between the excellent and below and the elite. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what I try. I try to train, you know, my players with. I, I try to push that. You know, I try to make them see that. You know, that you need to dig real deep inside and become excellent. You know, become elite and mm -hmm. become the best. You know, make a stamp. You know, so after you're gone, you're still gonna be in the leg. You're like a legacy. 
You know, you're still going to be in the books. You're still going to be in the magazines. You're still going to be, you know, known as one of the best. Your name, as soon as somebody hears your name, they're going to be like, boom, power. Yep. You know? Exactly. I feel like that too is a driving force for a lot of people that when they get to that level is the legacy factor. That's what I think about a lot too. Is like, what kind of legacy am I going to leave behind with what X and Y achievements and how great of a name can I build for myself? Yeah. It's, it's uh, yeah. Many people I believe don't really think about it or maybe they do, maybe they do, but yeah, people like you and I, um, you know, we want to live, we want to live a legacy. We want to leave behind a legacy. You know, I, that's how I think. Um, I want my last name to carry on for many years, you know, um, as a matter of fact, my last name, if you look up, um, if you look up hero kids, you'll know, you'll, you'll see that there was, um, a war, you know, um, between Mexico and the United States. And it's in history. One of my great, great uncles, uh, Juan Escutia, is in this story in, in the Mexican. Really? Yeah. In the Mexican uh, history war story. You, you got this. I'll send it to you. You'll laugh. You'll be like, hey. no. But where I'm going with this is that something like that. Right. That goes mm. down in history. That goes down as a legacy. And it'll never be forgotten for as, you know, for as long as people you know, know about it. People look at it. They find it. And they're just amazed. I'll send it to you. You'll trip out. They're called the hero kids. In Spanish, okay. they're called Los Niños Héroes. And basically, okay. basically, they were at war with the United States. And one of the back in the day, in the 1800s, they used to have uh, kid cadets. So there was kids fighting in wars, you know. Oh. And so when I guess the Americans were coming up to take the flag down, you know, in war, when they take your flag down, you're pretty much conquered. Right. Right. Um, and before they went and conquered the Mexican flag, these kids ran up this building. This is the this is the legacy. They ran up this building. They grabbed the flag. Juan Escutia, my great great uncle, wraps himself in a Mexican flag and jumps off this building. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> I, I don't mean to laugh about it, but or you know, we're, it's it's hilarious. But you know, he apparently he saved uh, the flag from being captured from from uh, the adversary. You know, nice. it's but, hilariously badass. Yeah, it's hilariously badass. But the history, the legacy is there, right? And that's right. something that we want to build, you know, something that we want to leave behind where somebody can read about it later on in life. Even if yeah. I'm gone for, you know, been gone for a hundred years. Yeah, exactly. And that's like, that's a big, like, part of my mentality going into the podcast and doing all this stuff. Cause like, at the, I wouldn't, I don't want to hundred percent say like we live in hard times at the moment, but we live in certain times where it's just, things are kind of harder for everybody. And there's a lot more just kind of BS that goes on and people, they look too close to the now. They don't look at the future. They don't look at what's ahead. And they also don't, aren't willing to fully listen to what was behind us and what we can take away from that. And like my whole mentality going into this industry is I'm not necessarily doing this for the current present society or the current age, but for years now, decades from now, centuries from now, fuck, even millennia from now, that's how far I want to be ahead. The fact that my name could be somewhere like even like Plato or Socrates, who's been remembered for thousands of years. That's the same goal for me. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Same thing. Same thing. 
you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, that's the great thing too, about living in times where we have that advantage because once, once your stuff is online, you see everything on Instagram, you see your records on Instagram, on all the social medias, on the internet, it'll be there forever. There's nothing that anybody can do to take that away from you. And that's the, that's the biggest thing for me is that no matter what, there's, there's nothing that's ever going to fully officially take this away. And I'll always be present. Yep. 100%. Yeah. 100%. And, and you know what? Uh, you just said something earlier about it being tough. It is. It is tough. It's been tough for me for the past five years in developing a business. It's been really tough. It's been challenging. I want to call it challenging because it's a challenge for us that we're going to overcome. You're a very yep. smart. You're a very smart man. You know, um, the, your audience, smart people, we're going to overcome all this. You know, um, I believe we will. Um, so just keep pushing forward, guys. All the listeners. Exactly. And a quote that I absolutely love because I read all the wackiest shit, too. There's a book that I read, uh, Special Ethics by Reverend uh, Joseph Sullivan. And he this is from like like mid 1900s. But he quoted Pope Francis II back in the summer of 1927. And it was something along the lines of, uh, if I remember correctly, uh, world peace is a matter of human faith. So long as we are trapped with the lazy assumption that man is man and war will always be, then it will always exist. But if we're able to instill the hunger for it, the drive, the passion, and the love for peace and harmony, then it'll be truly achievable. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. I go deep with a lot of stuff. I study a lot of philosophy, a lot of philosophy. Like one of my favorite quotes is actually from Jean-Jacques Rousseau uh, from the uh, French uh, Revolution back during like American, uh, the uh, when we declared independence, we we're at war with Britain, that whole time. The favorite line that I have from him, it's in Latin, it's malo periculosum libertatum quam quitem civitium. I prefer liberty with danger than peace with slavery. And the slavery is whether or not I'm a slave to the system, to the society, or I'm a slave to my own vices and my own mistakes, or am I going to persevere over it? And I'd rather live with the dangers and live my life to the fullest and live it as an epic than just being afraid and being trapped and kind of isolated in. Interesting. Wow. Yeah, it takes you a lot. It expands your mind when uh, when you study like that. You know, yeah. your mind is going to just be, you know, it's going to just expand. Yeah. Same thing goes when you travel. When you travel, um, you travel, and I believe it expands your mind. You know, if you travel the I've traveled the world. I feel like it expands my mind when instead of creating something and selling it local, I created something and went global. Nice. You know, because of the travel that I did. I didn't. I didn't live in a little fish tank, you know. I, I made the world my 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 fish tank, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. I need to get more traveling. Like it's obviously money is always the issue, but that's to travel and to experience all the different societies and all the different worlds that kind of exist within our own world. Like one place I especially want to go to is India. I want to go and visit the Dungashwari cave temples where Buddha had supposedly meditated as well mm. as the lake and all the areas where he was at just for that firsthand experience, because it does, it broadens your view on the world. It broadens that sense of an, a sense of wisdom, intelligence, and not only your perspective, but your ability to kind of perceive reality in all these different ways. Yes. 100%. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. That's why. 
Another thing why I like about the times that we live in is the access we have to all of this. Never yeah. in any other point in world history have we been in such a time where we have access to so much knowledge, to so much wisdom from millions upon millions of different people. 100%. That's, that's what I was going to say uh, is um, you, you, you haven't traveled the world, but you're not far from it. <laughs> Cause you can jump yeah. on here and just be like, you know, jump on Instagram and you see everybody around the world. Right. Yeah. It's wild man. It's wild times for sure. Yeah, exactly. And like another book that I've read, um, it was unbroken. Uh, it was about the, uh, war veteran, Louis Zamperini who served in world war two, not having any military background or anything like that. You never truly understand the full grasp of like war and everything that happens in it. But when you, have that invested interest to really read in and study and really kind of immerse yourself into like the words behind the actions and the events that too, especially helps kind of broaden that horizon to kind of understand more. 100%. Look at, look at your messenger on Instagram right now. I sent you the, uh, a link you're going to, tr- since you're, since you love history, you got to read this history. <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> There we go. Here, I'll go and read out loud. And hopefully I won't butcher any words. <laughs> you're good. You're good. The Niños Eros uh, were six Mexican military cadets who were killed in the defense of Mexico City during the Battle of Chapultepec. Oh, I butchered that one. Yes, no, you're good. You're good. <laughs> one of the last major battles of the Mexican-American War on September 13th, 1847. The date of the battle is now celebrated in Mexico as a civic holiday to honor the cadet's sacrifice. Hey, that's what's up. That's pretty cool, man. That's pretty sick. Yeah, so the Escutia last name is is you know it's it's like a uh, it gets celebrated because because Juan Escutia was one of the cadets, and he's the one hey. that he's the one that saved the flag. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. Wow. See, that's that's my goal to have like something about me like pop up in history yeah. like that. Yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. You will, you will. You're on that mission, so you know you're on it. Not many people uh, uh, have that type of thought process. You know, they can't, they can't even put that together, you know? Yeah, exactly. I've been wanting to learn more too about uh, Mexican history because my kid, he's half Mexican and both of his grandparents were born in Mexico. And I want to immerse myself more in the culture and more about in the history. So that way he could have that access to that kind of the lessons, the history of what his heritage also comes from. That's why I want to learn Spanish so bad. Oh, that 100%. I should, I should talk, start talking Spanish right now and just like, you know, let you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I promise I will struggle. Although a, a funny ass joke that I like to crack because ever since I was a kid, I like to do like voice impersonations. I've always been able to like flex my voice back and forth. When I learned Spanish, do a skit, I want to be a, a Spanish broadcaster and just go like, lo siento, no hablo mucho español, habla usted inglés, or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> that sounded good, man. That sounded good. Here, I'll, I'll throw in a little Mexican joke for the, for the, for the, for the viewers, for the, uh, for, for the listeners. Um, uh, what, do you, what do you cut uh, a Mexican pizza with? What? Little Caesars. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. I love it. Oh, man. 
Oh, uh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Oh, something I wanted to bring up to you. It's a shout out to CJ and Rough Nation. He oh, wanted yeah. me to mention to you that CJ's uh, like you guys are boys. I want to learn more about your guys' relationship. CJ's good people, man. I love CJ. Please go check him out on Instagram. Um, and check out Rough Nation uh, on Instagram as well. Um, he puts on the Rough Nation events, and uh, you know we became friends uh, when ZTV started to uh, live stream their events, and um, and basically we became friends, and we're still friends. <laughs> you know, I go nice. to his, yeah, I show up to his events. He treats me real good. He treats me like a star, um, and um, and yeah, we've been through a few events together. And, nice. Uh, it's, it's he's a great friend man i love the guy go check him out for sure yeah he's always been chill to work with since i started working with rough this year and then when i mentioned to him that i was gonna have you on he was like hey that's my boy yeah man he's rad i love that guy i can't even wait to see him at the next event and hopefully you guys listening right now you guys can check us out at uh rough nation or uh, go to the celebrity theater um mm -hmm gram and uh get yourself some tickets to the next rough event you can see josh and i there we'll be there um yes, come oh you know um see what's up yeah i'll be there during the weigh-ins i'll be doing pre-fight interviews with all the fighters have my own little station set up and then during the fight event like i don't know if you saw me at the last fight event but i was cage side the entire time with the camera crew <laughs> straight <laughs> up when devin ray and enrique barcinas fought in that card some of their blood got my equipment oh <laughs> you were that close yeah yeah you know, i was right up there the, the cool thing about the celebrity theater is that no matter what tickets you get you're you got good seats because yeah. it's, it's a setup is so cool it's like a, a little miniature stadium you know and i mean i'm not sure the the amount of people that fit in that thing but there's quite a bit of people you know oh yeah you could say like 500 easy yeah, and they're all good seats. Yeah. All of them, right? Even nosebleeds are good. <laughs> yeah, beautiful VIP section, too. I was up there, like, helping Jeff and the guys kind of put up some banners. And I'm like, this is super nice. Yeah. How yeah. can I get in here? Yeah, and then they have two. They, actually, there's two VIP sections, right? You got the VIP section. Oh, yeah, yeah, down at the bottom, down at the bottom at the by the ring where you're really close to the fights. Oh, right? yeah. The table's there. And then they have a special room that goes to the top, so you can watch the the, the fights from like a, a you know a higher elevation. Um, yeah, they got a bar up there, and um, um, yeah, it's pretty cool, man. Those tickets are also available. Um, if you guys are interested, hit me up, and I'll set you you guys up with a uh, VIP experience. Um, but those seats are cool. The ones that are at the bottom where you are at, and you got blood on you. <laughs> so, yeah you know, exactly the cool, thing, the cool thing too is that um you'll have other uh ufc celebrities like henry cejudo he'll show up you know um if you bring the kids you sit there and take pictures with them you know um other um yeah. was there um uh henderson henderson right he was there uh before yeah. in the past um who else there's a few other um uh, ufc celebrities that have gone that i've seen there um yeah, I, can't... I met sean o'malley uh, oh, at one of yep. them yep, yeah sure. there was yeah, he actually I try to get him on the podcast, but he has this thing that he never does uh, interviews before fights. And I forget who was fighting. I think it was the last dude that ended controversy with that eye poke or something like that. Yes. But I met him 
And then funny enough, at the last event too, Henry Cejudo was directly behind me. Like where I had to sit cage side to be there, record the walk-ins and all that stuff. He was directly behind me. I even right. turned around and asked him, I was like, mind your way, mind your way. He's like, no, you're good. I'm like, cool, cool. Bet. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. He's, you know, we see each other and, and it's funny because like, when you're a professional and you're at a, at a high level of professionalism, like you know who's who and and you recognize each other. It's like mm -hmm. real recognize real. Yeah, you know what I mean. And and I remember when I made eye contact with uh, Henry Cejudo one time, and that was actually at an event called the Alliances, where um, entrepreneurs and professional athletes, business owners, they all get together and you know they all sit like at a round table, right? And, okay. Uh, and so I, that was the first time I met Henry Cejudo. And I swear to you, man, these fighters, like they're like pit bulls, bro. Like they're, you could tell that they're just ready to fight, especially yeah. the, the, the Diaz brothers, like Nick Diaz, like they're like pit bulls, man. Like yeah. they could just snap at any second and you cannot stop them. <laughs> yeah he literally fucking nate diaz bitch slapped one of those uh full send uh guys and because he was i guess he said something wrong in regards to one of his uh buddies and he's just straight up pop oh, i saw that i saw that yeah, he slapped him in the head mm -hmm. yeah. i love the diaz brothers they're fucking oh, badasses. Yeah. yeah but when i so when i met uh henry cejudo he gave me that look right kind of like like you know real recognized real but at the same time i'm sitting there like okay is he gonna fight me what's up are we gonna fight in the hallway <laughs> <laughs> triple g gonna take you to the ground show you that olympic wrestling yeah that dude's so bad he's so dope that dude's a badass man i respect him so much so i'm a fan man i i'm a fan of him you know of his mm. he's a great fighter he's a champion you know he's a, a, a olympic uh, gold medalist um i mean the dude is a badass so i give him his respects 100 <laughs> percent yeah, yeah. And Jared Cannonier was at the last event too. I thought that was fucking awesome because I met him before at an earlier one. And then he was cornering uh, Beznagashi, uh, who actually interviewed as well. And funny story with Jared. Uh, so I had uh, the cut man from the promotion, Casey Decker, on the podcast. And he told me that um, Jared, uh, Jared was like right there by his corner. And there was, he got his first drink spilled and knocked over by somebody. And he was, Casey was like dying for water, dying for water. And so he gets a second cup of water. And then one of uh, Jared Cannonier's guys that was fighting, like, did something big. And Jared, he just, like, gets up, like, yeah, and just starts <laughs> cheering. He goes crazy. And then he knocks over Casey's drink. And Casey's all like, he's mad. But I'm like, what am I going to do? The good thing is, is that after the first bunch, I won't feel it. <laughs> oh, man. That's rad. Yeah. yeah. Like, and those are the experiences, man, that stay with us, right? Like, uh, jumping yeah. into like that jumping into your experience jumping into your goals you're always going to create uh, uh memories you know and you can take those mm -hmm. with you forever yeah yeah exactly like there was the very first episode i ever recorded was with the professor craig Kaloon. he was actually he wrote the book and i mentioned neither gods nor emperors and i'm gonna have him on again to talk about a couple of his books but he and I were just talking like that. And this was at like the peak time of the pandemic on top of the riots simultaneously. And the whole time we're both just on the same page, citing actual history of how violence and just like the stuff that's going on in the world. When you allow the violence and the hate pollute the original goal and the passion of the cause, it dilutes the morals and ethics of that of the 
brain farting mushmouth at the same time. It dilutes the efforts of that of that cause as well. And we were just on the same level. And the fact that this dude who is a professor, he's opened up universities in London, in New York, and all other places around the world. The fact that he was in China in the 80s during the Tiananmen Square protest, and he got to talk to a lot of the protesters and literally go there in person and witness it. And then there's me, who's never had any college education, but I just study, 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 study religiously. And the fact that we're just on the same level with all that stuff, like that was a big moment that I still have stick with me. That's cool memories right yeah and it's memories that motivation motivation 100 gotta motivate yourself you ever you ever feel like sometimes like uh because you know we train so much um sometimes sometimes uh, once in a long long time i have to motivate myself mm-hmm. to keep going um psychologically it's like you know i mean i've been i've been doing this my whole life right how do you how do you keep it going how do you keep it consistent so you gotta you gotta have discipline. Yes. Discipline, Absolutely. You know, what keeps you going. Discipline is like key. You know, that's also one of the other keys uh, of success. You know, yeah. So. Yeah, exactly. That's like it once in a blue moon, I'll feel really motivated. But otherwise, I just it's discipline. That's been the biggest thing for me is working on discipline and will and just get through the grind. Like Sunday, I drove in seven hours from like Phoenix and back. I didn't get home till about 10 p.m. Well, I still went to my room. I threw on a shirt. I threw on uh, like athletic pants. I put it on a sweater and I put it on a sauna suit. Went outside, was running suicides and doing jumping jacks for almost an hour up until like 11, 1130. Now, this is when most people is going to be asleep. This is when most people are, they're not really going to have that, that discipline and the drive to still go through that. And I still did it. And then the next day I go boxing, I do sparring. Then the next day, only four hours of sleep in two days. And I'm still going back into it. Discipline. You're working Mm -hmm. on it. You're sharpening it up. You know, by the time you're 40, you're going to be sharp. You know, and if you keep up up your condition, you'll be sharp and athletic. You know? Like me right now, I mean, I could keep up with all the 20-year-olds, 17, 19-year-olds, like, that are out there running and grinding to have an, uh, endless energy, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, at 40, they look at me and they, you know, they're like, look at that old man, right? And I just stomp on their whole squad, you know? like <laughs> Exactly. It's like, what the hell just happened, right? Like, how old are you, bro? You know? Oh, they're thinking I'm like 29, 30. I'm 40. I'm 40 years old, bro. Trip. You don't look a day over 30. <laughs> it's being in space what keeps me uh, young, you know? Exactly. Goes down the aging. Yeah, you're not exposed to all the same toxic chemicals in our environment. You're up there in the stars. You're you're getting that celestial body going. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I love it. I love where your head's at, man. Exactly, yeah. And dude, funny enough, Astronomy is my favorite subject. When when I die, don't cremate, don't bury me. Just put me Launch in a coffin and send me into space. Launch you into space. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna start the program now. I actually I like that, mm-hmm. man. We start a business, right? Like we uh, we basically create a program. We create these little mini rockets that we launch into space with ashes. That's a genius idea, bro. That is genius. Dude, that would be a fucking dream. Oh, I'm on it. 
I'm on it. Launch you into space, huh? Yeah, exactly. And you know, it's just like imagine it like it's even if you're already dead, it's the fact that you are going through the infinite the infinity of space, all these galaxies through the darkest parts of the universe, and just the fact that you're there, and the fact that who knows, who knows, maybe there's another alien civilization there that's gonna go ahead and just bring you back. And then you're like, what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> <laughs> off your ashes that are floating down in the atmosphere i love it <laughs> yeah exactly and I, would, I would say you know i'm gonna i'm gonna compete i'm competing with elon musk so so now we're gonna get go into space bro where this is gonna be our platform we're launching a business a uh organization that launches your ashes into space you heard it first yeah. gentlemen yeah let's go let's go josh is involved he'll be there yeah, hell yeah. I'll be the first person to go up there. <laughs> I don't care. I'll burn like a supernova. Life be short lived, but it'll be an epic. Oh man, that's a genius idea. Gosh, I love you, Josh. <laughs> Thanks, next man. Week. I'm here to please. Hey, next week there's a bit you're gonna see me on the news. Man starts a business where he launches your ashes into space. Dude, that would be so fucking epic. Do you have any idea how many people would love that? Well, right. absolutely. Like that's so fucking crazy. You don't right. like you get you get your ashes and then you're just sitting there on a shelf or you're just in the ground and people come visit you every so often. Who the hell has died and been sent off to a different planet, a different galaxy, just into space in general? Nobody. Nobody. Nobody, bro. We're taking it to the next level. 2023, exactly. you launch it. Exactly. Exactly. Let's go. <laughs> everybody that's uh, listening is gonna have a job. We're gonna hire everybody that's listening. Get a list. Exactly. We're gonna work for Pep Space. <laughs> there we go. I love it. You already got the brand name going. It's going. Pep Space 2023, baby. We're going. Exactly. Trademark copyrighted. You can't steal it. <laughs> Done. Uh God. And so let me now that actually beckons an interesting question because we have all these talks too of how far is is society gonna live on for? Because you have all these people are saying that oh the world's gonna come to an end twenty fifty, uh, mankind's gonna go extinct within a decade or century whatever. But we go beyond that. What kind of advances are there gonna be? Like, what is there going to be, especially with stuff like this, the more that we branch out into the universe? Yeah, yeah. I, I think the biggest um, uh, thing that, well, the biggest thing we probably have to worry about is probably artificial intelligence. You know, artificial, artificial intelligence could get into all your electronics, you know, um, mm -hmm. take over your electronics, uh, control your your digital currency. It could, it could uh I mean, it could wreak havoc if it wanted to, which I believe at some point it's going to it's going to uh, uh, jump into that mode. I believe it's already in the Internet. You know, I believe yeah. there's AI listening to us right now. Uh, I believe that there's an AI that already saw that I was coming on your show. <laughs> it's assigned to me, you know, and it's just it's sitting there just learning me and all that, you know. So, yeah, yeah we're going we're going to um, uh, a lot of robotics, you know. Uh, more, more uh, control, more internet, more uh, merging with machines. Um, mm -hmm. You know, pretty, uh, pretty scary. 
Yeah, that's why I'm I'm very hesitant on the idea of Neuralink with Elon Musk because then you're getting it implanted straight into your spine and into your brain. And what's going to stop people or AI tap into it? Tap yeah, into it. Boom. Yeah, it's it's uh you'll be hackable. You'll be yeah. hackable. Bottom line, you'll be hackable if you if you uh, go into what they call the singularity or whatever, right? The uh, transhumanism, you merge with a computer chip. That tells me that I can hack into you. Yep. Simple. Yeah, hack into all the juicy details, everything that you know, all your experiences, even your motivations and your plans for what's next and just boom, they have it all. Yeah, and you know, as an inventor, as an inventor, I, I dabble in a lot of uh, uh, what you would call, what would you call it? Um, uh, what would you call that? Like when you jump into inventions, you read patents, you think of new inventions that are not out there on Earth. Um, an you know, innovator. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, innovation, but I'm, I feel like there's another word for it, kind of like uh, yeah. You know, it's just you sit there and you can create new things, you know, and it's just like visions come into your head and 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 you create and invent new things that don't even exist, you know. And I feel like if you were to get a Neuralink or a chip implanted in your head, they'd be able to take all that. Yeah. It's not private anymore. Yeah, honestly, yeah, because then it's who's going to stop any from anybody from getting into that information. I mean, look at what we have going on now. You have like TikTok, for example. One part of their agreement now is that basically once you have one device that gets act that you give permissions to, it gives permissions to access all of your other devices. And the the TikTok that the uh, China uses is actually different from ours. The CCP has a TikTok specifically for the U.S. And that's how uh, like we've actually there's been a big issue for years going on now where we're constantly having our intellectual property taken from us, such as inventions, new great big ideas that's going to have this groundbreaking effect in the world and certain industry stuff like that. That 100%. Yeah, no, 100%. What you're saying is absolutely correct. Yeah, and what's going to stop them from taking it? And And that's another thing, too. Like, ever since the pandemic hit and we see just how drastically everything changed on a societal level and on government level especially, it's – we're seeing we're seeing a lot of issues now. And what's going to stop them from – if we get, like, a Neuralink, what's going to stop them from tapping into it? I don't know. As far as I know, nothing will stop them. Yeah, no, it'll, it, 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 nothing will stop them. Nothing will stop them. And I don't believe it'll be human that you'll need to stop. I believe it'll be artificial intelligence that you'll have to stop mm-hmm. from hacking into the body, you know? And I mean, yeah. it, go, it goes real deep on what's, you know, what's happening um, when it comes to that. But yeah, I mean, um, I'm kind of excited more of the transportation. I mean, I, I, I hope that we're able to, cause I see a, a when it comes to transportation, I see us jumping into a pod that sits on top of your roof where you type in an address and then that pod takes you to that address. Kind of like Uber, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and I believe that's how the future of transportation is going to be when it comes to, you know, like visualizing what the future is going to look like, you know? Yeah. 
pretty exciting. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Imagine if we reach a stage where, boom, we could fucking teleport. They have the ability now to where they could scramble our molecules, transmit us over thousands, if not freaking hundreds of thousands of miles away, and boom, you're right there instantaneously. Mm-hmm. That'd be crazy. That'd be fucking wild. Yeah, I was I was actually working on this project um, that I was calling the uh, Skyway. The Skyway was basically a artificial intelligence uh, project that took over drones. So okay. when it comes to transportation, obviously, you can't trust people to fly these things, you know. So you would have to create uh, individual artificial intelligence, like AI bots that are assigned to people that basically take over your controls to your own pod. Right. So, it's, so it's, you trust your pilot. Your pilot is an artificial intelligence uh, uh, program that is installed into your pod that sits on top of your roof. That takes you anywhere, you know, anywhere in the world, <laughs> like Uber. Ah, that'd be fucking wild. That'd be wild. And I feel like, too, we're, we're on the brink of that next step because you're seeing how much of a hyper acceleration we're experiencing with technology. Now, VR, and now you're seeing all the different stuff that's going on. I feel like we're we could reach that route very, very quickly if we stay on the right track, especially. Yeah, I believe so. I believe so. I think we'll probably see that in the next 10 years. Yeah. As long as we don't get trapped in the matrix with the AA, with the AIs. Matrix is rough. We got to get out of the matrix. For real. For real. And speaking of that as well, a question that I've been really wanting or a topic I've been really wanting to get down into is, you know, like the whole thing with the quote unquote matrix and what's happened with Andrew Tate. I've seen you post some stuff on your story too, like kind of talking about that. I, I wanted to kind of get your take on that whole situation and the whole cancel thing. The top G, man, the top G. You know, I, I respect uh, uh, Andrew Tate, man. Um, mm -hmm. I know exactly what they're running them through, I, like the uh, how they're trying to take them down. Because I was taken down in the past before before canceling was even a thing, before before uh, knocking somebody off of uh, uh, a social media platform was a thing. Uh, really? shadow, shadow banning, uh, when they would shadow ban you. But then when you told somebody about it, they would think you were crazy, you know? Oh man, I just got canceled by, by this industry. And then they look at you like, you're crazy. How, how can they do that? You know? Like, yeah. these people like Andrew Tate, you know, they've brought it out into the open to where people can see what these tech giants are doing and how they operate. Mm -hmm. You know, they base it's simple. They basically created a platform that they control. And if they don't like what you say or you, what you think, they just knock you down. Yeah. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. And Facebook did that to me. They, they actually Facebook, you know, in the future, I'll, I'm, I'll probably take them to court um, because they labeled me as a dangerous individual. You know, what yeah, they, yeah, 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 yeah. De uh, um, uh, defamation, defamation of character. Um, I'm wow. a professional. I'm a professional athlete. I got fans around the world. I got a product. I got a brand, and they label me as dangerous. You know, and and as soon as that happened, all my, you know, all my, uh, um, my sales went down. Uh, people that followed me uh, went down. Um, you know, people stopped liking some of my stuff. Um, you no. saw the difference in, in business and how I make money 
based on what Facebook labeled me as, you know? Dude, then they would, that's fucking Yeah, and then they would knock me down for 30 days at a time, you know? And I'm talking about they've been doing that for five years. Wow. So, that's so, you so fucking imagine, crazy. Yeah, so you can imagine, you know, um, the the repercussions of, let's say, if you had a business and, and you promoted the business on Instagram and Facebook, and then all of a sudden Facebook shuts you down. Now you don't have the option to, to promote anything or sell anything or even talk to anybody. They just completely knock you off of the, uh, the platform, you know, at, yeah. will, at will. And see, that's the problem with the Neuralink too. It's like, if that has a microchip, obviously they're going to be able to turn you off whenever they want, you know, or activate. Exactly. Or activate sicknesses that that you know that they could get you sick in, in December, and that way you go to the doctor and pay your monthly bill, you know. Mm-hmm. Or January yeah. comes and you get the flu because they push the button, you know. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. And it's like it's crazy too the fact that we're experiencing this now. And then it's there. There was a point where whatever's on the internet, it didn't mean anything. There was no true real world repercussions. But because of the development of the society around this, like we're ultimately we're infants, we're infants handling this technology on such a grand scale. And it's dangerous in a sense that, you know, strip away the opinions of Andrew Tate, strip away the character, the personality, whether you disagree or agree with him or not. Because at the end of the day, we all have a right to say and speak our own mind without repercussions on a dangerous level like that. But when you strip away the entire just human aspect, the personality of Andrew Tate, you look at a fundamental human being, fundamental human being got, quote unquote, canceled. He got banned from everything, got banned from Facebook, Instagram. He can't even use uh, uh, get website domains uh, with his name. He can't even use Uber. His bank processors went down. He can't even bank. He now has to utilize everything else to his his disposal. And a big takeaway that I got from that is like, okay, if this matrix, the system, big tech, if they're able to do this stuff to a guy to the top G who has hundreds of millions of dollars, what does that say for the rest of us who isn't on that level? What does that say for the person who's already at the bottom, barely trying to scrape by and make a name for himself and has 100% honest, pure, golden intentions, but boom, the system doesn't like it. The system doesn't like you. And boom, you're wiped off. You're wiped off and everything, even opportunity is stripped from you. 100%. I mean, it's as simple as that. Let's say that, let's say that somebody uh, uh, worked for two years and rounded up $30,000. They started a business, but they went on Facebook and said that they voted for Trump. And then, boom, the matrix slaps you and takes your all your business and all your ads and all your the, the hard work you did online, your store, your 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 avenue of making money. They just knock it offline and then they just destroy yep. your business. They have the ability to do that and they're doing it on a on a, on a massive scale. There's a lot of stories that we haven't heard from other people that have, that have um, experienced this type of uh, attack from the tech giants. Um, I believe is because many people are waking up from that matrix, from that tie down, that slave system, you know, that most people don't see. Um, and when you talk about things like that, that's when the tech giants come after you. You know, you start to talk yeah. about the slave 
system that they have going on. It's, it's just a modern day slave system they got going on. And they're really, really good at it, you know? And yeah, and the people are waking up to it and they don't want that. They don't want the masses to wake up to that. Exactly. Cause that's, that's the danger that lies in there. And it's like, um, uh, Plato's allegory, the allegory of the cave. It was three guys that are tied to a pole that have their entire reality exists of them looking at this wall and there's light from the background and all they see is shadows to them. The shadows is the world. That's all that exists. And that's all will ever be. Well, then one of them ends up getting free and then he climbs out of the cave. He describes the process of escaping the cave as the most excruciating, most painful process because it's the process of trying to accept that the world that you knew is not what it is. And it's accepting truth and reality. And then when that guy, he saw the world, he experienced it, he learned that what we thought was in the cave was the world. That's not actually the case. And he came back down into the cave. He tried to convince the two other guys that this is not reality. And they fought him every step of the way. And even when he freed the two guys, the two guys killed him because they weren't willing to accept the truth and the reality of it is. They were trapped in the system. And because the fear that lies in the system, they were fighting for it at the same time. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Andrew Tate has a ability to explain this on another level. And I think that's why it was so important that they had to take him off because he was waking up all the men and 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 the people that have been under this slave system, you know, is waking them all up like brute awakening. Boom. And mm -hmm. they're like, no, we can't have that. We're still on our mission. We need to take that guy out. So they just took him out. They did exactly what yeah. they did. And they just but they did him on another level. They you just said it. They took away his Ubers. I mean, his ability to travel, um, his ability to uh, uh, make transactions, his ability to yeah. buy stuff. To you know what I'm saying? Like wow. Yeah. And like you said, like if they can do that to him, imagine what they can do to the other people. Yeah. See, and it's it's and that's something too. That's like it's a constant like internal struggle with me for example is that i'm still like kind of starting from the bottom i consider and i still have a lot to go a lot to go and i have to deal with that at the same time like it's just like one stupid little slip up an honest mistake or just some stupid lie that gets spread faster than the truth and boom it could all be taken away and it's like yeah. you can't build a house without a foundation if they just strip that foundation then everything falls apart yeah yeah, I mean, bro, they've gone after me and I've I've basically snapshot everything they've done to me for the past about four years. So you can imagine that I have a file with snapshots of every transaction that Facebook hit me with and how mm -hmm. it, and how it affected my business and how it has affected my trajectory. Instead of me shooting up high, they made me shoot, you know, they made my business just, you know, die pretty much, you know. It's still yeah. going. It's still going. I'm resilient. I'm not one of them people that quit. I keep pushing. They can't cancel mm. me. They can't keep me down. They can't do any of that shit. I'm a top G like Andrew Tate. They can't. They can't stop me. You know. I still show up. I still live my life. I'm still, you know, an athlete. I, I'm still on my projects. I'm still moving forward. They can't stop me. So they just need to get that. You know, more people need to kind of think like that. You know, not be so yeah. scared of being canceled. You know, yeah, 
Yeah. And it's like, no matter what, haters is always going to exist in the world. There's always going to be a sense of evil that's going to be out to get you. And from the very beginning of our existence is the battle of that good and evil and our ability to persevere over it. And that's why, too, I also have the mindset of that. I'm The content and the work that I do now is not just to appease the current existing societies. And even if the current existing societies result to persecuting me, that's okay. I've already accepted my fate because that only works to my favor. And I think in the bigger picture, because it's like you, you could snuff my you could snuff my breath. You could bury me all you want. But that flame is there. You, you ignite that flame into other people and it passes on and it just bursts into a supernova into something bigger than all of us. It's that that especially motivates me. The fact that 100 years from now, if I have people in that era looking back on my stuff and seeing me on here live right now, speaking out against the atrocities, this hate and all this stuff and willing to stand my ground and say, no, I'm not going to back down. I'm not going to quit. I bow to no man, only to God only. And nothing's going to stop me because I know what motivates me and I know what gets me going. That's right. 100%. Mm -hmm. So real quick, it's about to be uh, 1.30 and uh, out here in space, when the sun comes up across the horizon, we get a lot of solar flares. So it might interfere in our connection here. So uh, we got a few minutes left. But um, uh, going back to uh, the Andrew take question man i yeah i support him man i i really hope he straightens out everything and um mm -hmm. i really hope uh that he i believe he's gonna figure something out and oh, he's yeah. gonna evolve he's gonna evolve from it and we are gonna we are gonna learn how to how to uh, uh deal with the same issue he dealt with you know we can all learn from it um yep. and and yeah man good luck to andrew tate hit me up let me know what's up yeah same man hit me up man <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly and then before we hop off is you want to do any shout outs you want to do any credit anybody anything you want to say at all well, any messages yeah man i mean uh, obviously i'll uh, give a shout out to my sponsors working class um push goggles uh, machine guns top rank um az battle zone uh the best paintball field here in arizona check them nice. out um rough nation ztv uh celebrity theater um mad love to everyone and um and josh the josh show josh said what exactly exactly and all the love to you man dude it's been a fucking privilege i'm glad that we met in that brief second when we linked up it's fucking cool. epic and i'm glad that we're gonna go on this journey together 100 man I'm, I'm excited man uh we're gonna work together um we'll link up soon and for all the listeners thanks for tuning in guys um all my fans i love you guys i wouldn't be here without the fans because the fans push me man they're, they're the honestly mm -hmm. the reason i'm i'm still playing at 40 because i i love i love signing autographs i love running into my fans out in public um and they treat me good you know and mm -hmm. and i love i love to perform for them <laughs> yeah, love and that's such a great feeling 100% man for sure Hell so yeah. yo everybody i love you guys uh josh thank you very much i appreciate the love and uh, the opportunity to come on your show and um i believe your show is going to grow you know there's only one way and that's up so keep pushing um never quit 
and uh, we'll see you guys on the other side, boys. Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much. Thank you guys for watching. This is the first ever live episode of Josh Said What? Again, it's the podcast that'll change the world. And how are we going to do it? By setting the motherfucking example. So let's go. Let's go. And we'll let's see you go. in the next one. Hey, yeah, by the way, next time I promise you, um, I'll give you a view of space. Um, I'll have my camera on. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll go from there, guys. Yeah. Have Hell a great yeah. Hey, we may do it in person too. We'll do it. We'll, we'll both be in space. I'm in it. I'm in it. I'll, I'll come down to earth. Hell yeah, man. Hell yeah. Let's go. Let's go, man. And again, thank you so much for coming on. And thank you guys so much for watching. Yeah, mad love, guys. Peace. Peace.